0: and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light. Scores, scores, scores! Scores! Logan Couture wins it in overtime! Now, now here's your host, Ted Ramey. it's right there's trouble here he whirls his way over to the right circle rink wide toss to Pajot Pajot lost his footing gave it back to Beauvillier hangs onto it throws it toward the net save made there by Hill contact on the rebound 2-1-1 developing for the Sharks Carlson jumps up he's got Meyer breaking for the net gives him the puck Meyer moving in and he can't get the shot away but in front Eric Carlson scores Carlson gets the game winner on the rebound the Sharks win in overtime 2-1 to and Drew Remenda, you called it.
1: I think I was screaming at Dean because uh, he didn't call a penalty, and then team ended up right next to him. So I was looking right at him. So I just, I just stayed there, and, and uh, you know, I knew there was uh, a chance that he he would find me. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, you know got some good vision going for himself right now, and then he he made a perfect pass, and I just had to tap it in.
2: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Morning Tide. The San Jose Sharks, coming off a very nice. 2-1 overtime win over the Islanders on the road, three straight on the road, and the San Jose Sharks have a secured now a plus 500 road trip because they've only got two games left before they come home for seven consecutive against five of which will be divisional opponents. So the Sharks, they are taking care of business right now, but let's look at... At the big picture right now, if we look at the standings in the Pacific Division, San Jose Sharks remain in 4th place, 13 wins, 19 losses, 1 overtime loss, 27 points on the year, 2 points back of 3rd place Anaheim, who are 13 8 five points back of 2nd place Edmonton, who are 16-5-0, and and 6 points back of 1st place Calgary, 14-4-5. Now, if you want to play the wild card game, which I said last time, yeah, we're going to play this game because why not? This is fun. The Sharks are in the lead in the Pacific wild card, and they are a couple of points up on Colorado and same distance over Nashville, who comes in third. Three points up on Vegas, and we can keep on going down the line. But the fact of the matter is that the Sharks are playing up to the level of hockey I think we were thought they could be I mean I think they're certainly succeeding or exceeding expectations but the real question was not so much of this team's floor because we saw that over the past couple of years but maybe what they could become if they got things going right and I think that one of the more impressive things right now is this team is better on the road than they are at home they're 8-5-0 away 5-4-1 at home now obviously COVID impact has something to do with that as well. But, I mean, you see how important that earlier, early, early uh, season three-game win streak on the road was. And right now they're riding another three-game win streak on the road. And it does pay the dividends when all is said and done. I mean, it has it has a payoff. And you might not see it immediately because you say to yourself, well, they won four and then they lost three. Like, the wins aren't going anywhere. The wins stay right there in the win column. So the Sharks have been able to weather the storm and now they're in a position where they can thrive and that's what i think we see this team doing now thrive for this team might not be thrive like we saw with the 2018-2019 sharks when they you know went on a huge east coast swing and were just gutting teams left and right and looked like you know the best team in the nhl or some of the previous versions of the sharks we've seen just get on rolls and absolutely steamroll teams I don't know that there's going to be a lot of steamrolling with this Sharks team, but I do know that I am seeing a bit of an evolution and that earlier in the year, we saw a lot of convincing win, convincing loss. Now, we're watching this team being capable of winning tight games. You look at the game against Carolina. That was a nice, tight win. You look at the game last night. That was a nice, tight win. That was a cagey back-and-forth team. And don't let the Islanders' record fool you, by the way, that's a team that's going to find itself. They've been impacted by injuries. They've been impacted by COVID and that Islanders team, when all is said and done, they are in my opinion, going to find themselves in the playoffs. They have been in the final four teams the last two years. That doesn't happen by accident. Injury has impacted that team. And when all is said and done, they're going to be in the thick of things once again. So don't look at this and say, Ted, you're overreacting to a win against a subpar team. You know, I used to kind of wonder if other teams looked at the Sharks that way is that it's still impressive to go beat the Sharks in their own house for the last couple of years because the Sharks still were in many ways that same team that was previously very, very good. No, it's not exactly the same team, just as that applies to the Islanders. But still, when you have that much pride, when you have that much playoff experience, it's never going to be easy to beat them. And the Sharks learned that last night. But what did they do? They didn't make the critical mistakes. They didn't make the critical errors. Aiden Hill lets in one goal. Guy hasn't played for quite some time. Lets in one goal and is absolutely lights out after that. He's not just lights out. He makes some huge saves, some double saves, gets bowled over in his own net, stands tall. You know, just things like that. You, know, you, you look at the performances from guys, and I've talked about this earlier, is that it's not just about getting the stars to perform because right now you're getting Timo Meyer playing out of his head and it seems like he's a part of every single goal that the Sharks score and Eric Carlson has scored goals in two straight games and he got the game winner last night in an overtime and you're watching guys just overall perform it's about getting it across the board. And, you know, I, I hate to make cross sports lazy comparisons, but I did reference what the Giants did this past year, and there was an idea that everybody was going to step up. It was a next man up mentality, and the team outperformed their expectations. And so I think there is a little bit of that with the Sharks going on right now, and that we didn't know that James Reimer was going to be this. He's outperforming his expectations. Aiden Hill, I think he had cooled down a little bit. That's why they had ridden the hot hand and gone with Reimer and Nett. Aiden Hill comes in last night. He gets his shot. He's going to give Hill a spell arrest. Or excuse me, he's going to give Reimer a spell arrest. And he has a huge night. Makes save after save after save. Makes one mistake early when he's probably a little bit rusty because he hasn't been out of game conditions for a while. Other than that, he's lights out. Yeah, he had a couple of bad moments where he gave the puck away behind the net. That's going to happen. They weren't so critical so as to lead to a goal. And that, to me, is the main thing. You can put yourself in a bad position. Guys make mistakes. Whatever. Just don't put yourself where guys are going to be in, in a bad situation. I look at Hill's performance last night. That, to me, is the essence of the Sharks right now, is that one guy is going to step up for other guys. Because earlier in the year, Benino wasn't scoring, right? Now Bonino's scoring. He's got three goals now, and it's coming in a landslide as there is that rectification, that correction, to where he should have been all along. And I think that we're going to see more and more of this output from Bonino. It'll probably cool down, but it'll probably start to catch up to the points Per how many ever stretch of games that we're close to seeing from Benino, and that will be more of a rectification you'll get across the board production. I don't know if Timo Meyer is going to cool down. He's been unbelievable all year long. Timo Meyer just keeps on producing, whether it's going to be an assist, whether it's going to be a goal, whether it's going to be making things happen. Timo Meyer is in the thick of things. And so you watch that game play out. I mean, when Timo Meyer goes knee to knee and goes down. You know, if you didn't recognize how important Meyer was before, you probably did in that moment because my knee sank, or excuse me, my stomach sank. Just to watch that happen, I was like, oh, God, no. And Bob Bugner even said it after the game, they can't afford to lose a player like that. No, nobody can. Timo Meyer is an impactful player that takes over games That has the ability to impact the puck every single time he's out there on the, on the ice, and everybody responds to his game positioning, everything. Timo Meyer can change things instantly. So when he went down on the ice in pain, cause he's a large man. You don't usually see him react with pain to much, but he's a large man. All of a sudden he's down there on the ice and you're thinking, Oh my God, don't let this be a need, to knee ACL something. And watching the replay it was like, okay, his knee didn't hyper extend. It didn't, you know, buckle one direction or the other. I felt pretty confident that it would be okay. But even still, that doesn't mean he's not going to have a nasty bone bruise or doesn't mean he's not going to have a contusion or something that's going to keep him from coming back out there because you look to what happened earlier in the game with Gadjevich and negative, uh, negative x-rays were the outcome there, but he had numbness and tingling in his legs and he couldn't return because he was in too much pain. I mean, stuff happens, guys injuries fluke things happen and the sharks up to this point have been able to weather the storm and have that next man up mentality i mean you want to go you know to the to the covid times when the guys step up from the barracuda and you go 3-2 and 1 during that stretch all of that has led the sharks to where i think they are now now they might lose against new york tonight because new york is a very very good team the rangers have been hot they're beating teams they're looking very very potent but the three wins preceding that put you in a really good place. Right? I mean that that is why you get these wins. So when you go to a tough building like you have against New York, getting that loss doesn't hurt as bad and if you're 3 and 1 on the road trip heading into the final game of that stand, then yeah, you're you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And I'm not saying that I just give up like, "Oh, the the Sharks are going to get a loss automatically." No, but I mean you have to be some level of realistic to understand that if you go 3 and 1 after your first four on the road, that's okay, because then you have another winnable game against Columbus coming up on Sunday. And Columbus, I'm not trying to look down on them or anything, but they're currently riding a three-game losing streak. They're 12-9-0 on the year. They're not bad by any means. They're just beatable. They're, they're closer to average than they are, quote-unquote, excellent. You know, Going into Florida right now, tough challenge. Going into Toronto right now, Tampa Bay, tough challenge. Going into Carolina right now, going into Washington right now. Those would be a lot more difficult. But when you go into Columbus, and again, I'm not trying to overlook them in any way, shape, or form, but you think to yourself, okay, they're 12-9, and, and that's potentially winnable. And I like that we're thinking of the Sharks that way as having potentially winnable games against good teams on the road because Columbus is good. They're just not great. In the past with the Sharks, you could go up against a great opponent on the road and you say, you know what, the Sharks have a chance to win this game. And maybe as we get deeper and deeper into the year, we're going to feel that way about the Sharks, So they do have chances to win games, that they do have chances to go deep into the season and put themselves in a very positive position. I don't know. We will have to wait and see, but it's it's all part of the evolution that the Sharks are having this year right before our eyes, and I think it's important to see this ID being overall developed because the, you know, the, the chip and chase, the physicality, the hard-to-play-against the doing the little things right, the hard to score against Sharks. They've given up, what, three goals in their last two games? You take that every single day of the week. That's going to win you games. It's the classic two or fewer. You give up two against the Devils. You give up one against the Islanders. You give up nothing against Chicago. And all of that is being done on the road, right? This is not at home where everything's perfect. You're doing this on the road, you're having success, and you're beating the teams that, in my opinion, you should beat. That is the hallmark of a good team. Now, even if the Sharks walk away from this road trip at 3-2, and two, you're still looking at, in my opinion, positivity. 500 on the road, come back home and start to do things well. And you look ahead at this upcoming homestand, again, like I alluded to, five of the seven are against divisional opponents, but you have Calgary, Minnesota, Dallas, Seattle, Vancouver, then Vancouver and Edmonton. I mean, that's huge. Calgary, Seattle, two against Vancouver and Edmonton. Then you go on the road, you're going to be out against Anaheim, then you're home against Arizona, then you're home against the Flyers. This is a chance for the Sharks, guys. This is a really, really big chance for the Sharks to stake their claim as being a very, very good team in the Pacific Division A and B, just in the overall look of the NHL. You know, you want to be one of those teams that everybody are looking at and saying is a surprise. There were a lot of teams that said there couldn't be a surprise with the Sharks this year, that it was time for them to go down. That's not the case right now. The Sharks are a fun team to watch, right? I mean, they're beating teams. I think they're entertaining. And I think that was, you know, their greatest sin over the last couple of years is they weren't that entertaining. You go from the highs of the 2019 playoff run to two years of relatively uninteresting and finding a way to lose hockey. You know, this year it's finding a way to win hockey and watching that all play out, watching it all happen is just, it's fun because you want to see a team have growth because when you're not living up to that expectations, everybody wonders, is it the coaching staff? Is it the talent? Is it a combination of the two? Is it guys getting old? Is it guys not there yet? I mean, you, you play that game in your head. At least I did a lot and I didn't, Find specific ways to blame people. I just knew that Timo Meyer wasn't playing up to his level. Eric Carlson wasn't playing up to his level. The Sharks needed to get better defense, better goaltending. You know, it wasn't it wasn't difficult to see what the problem was. It was difficult finding the application of those things on the ice. And I think that a credit to Bob Bugner, his coaching staff, the front office, the Sharks have all been able to figure it out and yield a better result on the ice this year. And it's it's been awesome to watch. And to see them have these games that they would have lost last year and the year before, they're coming away with wins this year. They're coming away with important wins. And they're doing it not by outscoring the opposition or on some fluky play. They're doing it because their system is working. And that, to me, is the most indicative thing of growth of more than, more than anything else, is that they're playing their game, and it's yielding results. We saw you know, little markers of their game over the past couple of years since Bob Bugner took over and started implementing the system he wanted to do. Last year, there were more like periods as opposed to games where we saw the Sharks play, you know, the type of hockey that they expected of themselves and it would yield to a positive period, but then they would mentally collapse and things would go the opposite direction and you would just be kind of like, oof, that's that's unfortunate. They They played a good period, but they played one average period and one bad period. If only one of them is good, better than average, you're going to find yourself on the wrong side of things. You know, last night, I want to say even the first period when they go down a goal and they find themselves, you know, in a spot where they need to respond and they were able to respond before the first period was done, then they go out and play a second and third, a cagey game, back and forth, making the big stops, getting in front of pl- pucks and blocking shots, really being physical and accepting what the other team is doing, absorbing it, the bend, not break mentality I mean, you would have liked to have had a little bit more success on the power play, but that's kind of where the Sharks are on the power play right now. It's inconsistent. That's something that still needs to be rectified from one year ago, which, by the way, if the Sharks can improve their power play, suddenly they turn into an even more dangerous team. And that would be very, very fun to watch. But they still did not fold, right? They could have gotten frustrated with the lack of production on the power play. They could have gotten frustrated that they weren't finishing their looks. Instead... They stick with their game and they walk away with a really good result at the end of the day. And that's that's what I'm looking for from the Sharks. I don't need them to be what they were. I don't need them to be the best team in the NHL. I need them to play towards their capabilities. I need them to look like the team that I think that they are capable of being. And you walk away a two-point night from Timo Meyer. Logan Couture gets a point. Nick Bonino gets a goal. Jonathan Dolan gets an assist. You look at Eric Carlson getting a goal. I mean, this... That's the the across-the-board production that you've been looking for. You know, you need it across the board in a game like that. It's not just going to be in the form of goals and assists. It's going to be in the form of blocking shots. It's going to be in the form of defensive stops. It's going to be in the form of physicality. It's going to be in the form of not making critical mistakes. And much to the Sharks' credit, they're not making those critical mistakes. They're not shooting themselves in the foot. They're not folding under pressure. It's other teams that are doing that against the Sharks. It's other teams that are having that difficulty, which is just staggering to me because it shows you how quickly things can change. The Sharks saw these problems in the off-season, they seemingly have addressed them, and now the team is playing with a head full of steam and it seems like they can get better. Now again, tonight against the Rangers, that's gonna be a tough, tough challenge for many reasons, but when you take care of business, when you put yourself in a position to succeed, it's on the players on the ice to find that ability to succeed. There were moments last year where the Sharks put themselves in a position to succeed and they couldn't do it. This year, the response to adversity, the grind, the perseverance, the ability to not make those critical mistakes, all improvements from a year ago. It's the improved play of Timo Meyer. It's the improved play of both Reimer and Hill as your netminders. It's Eric Carlson playing at a higher level. And Carlson, to me, I know that he is one of the most polarizing figures just by what I see on social media in terms of Sharks fandom. I want Eric Carlson to do well, and guess what? He's doing well, and he's getting recognition for it. But Around the league, people are saying, you know what? Eric Carlson's starting to look more like the Eric Carlson we expected him to be. He's been healthy other than the COVID thing, which I think knocked him down for a couple games, but now it seems like he's getting back to where he was before the COVID outbreak, and he's having an impact on games. That's what we've all wanted, right? I don't need... Eric Carlson to be a Norris candidate every single year I need him to impact games I don't care about awards I don't care about stats I care about wins losses playoffs and hopefully a Stanley Cup at some point maybe not this year but maybe not as far away as we previously would have thought but I do think that Eric Carlson is the best Eric Carlson we've seen since the groin injury in the 18-19 season he's looking much more like himself and he's impacting games Game-winning goal from a superstar. That's what you expect. That's what Eric Carlson did last night. That's what the Sharks have expected him to be. That's what the Sharks are paying him to do. And that was the result last night when all was said and done. All right, we're going to take a break. On the other side, we are going to get into some post-game sound. You're on Morning Tide.
3: That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice cold Coors Light and chill take the afternoon off and binge watch anything go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours who's counting anyways or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week whatever you do do it with a coors light mountain cold refreshment made to chill 2020 coors brewing company golden colorado celebrate responsibly
0: could be trouble turn over here's parcel moving in he shoots from the right wing side. And a great save by Aiden Hill with 12.03 to play in the third. Broken play. Islanders get the guy who they want it on his stick right out in front but Aiden
1: Hill made the same. Oh, yeah, no, it's been great. I mean, we talked about it before the road trip, how we want to kind of not stay around 500 anymore. So tonight, I mean, is a huge game. Instead of being two games above 500 with a loss, you get the win and the extra points, and so now we're four. So, I mean, every point, you see how tight the standings are, every point's huge right now. So, yeah, we just got to keep it on a roll. And, I mean, 3 on 0 is not a bad start to the trip.
2: Welcome back to Morning Tide. I love that mentality from Aiden Hill. It's not a bad start to the trip, meaning they feel they have business left to attend to. Not satisfied With three wins on the road, two games left, the Sharks are eyeing two more wins. But, of course, that's going to be difficult tonight. They are going to be on the second night of a New York back-to-back, taking on a Rangers team that's looked pretty darn good as of late. And it is going to be a challenge, but we like seeing how these Sharks do respond to a challenge. So let's see what they've got. But the importance of the road trip is something that was talked about going into it, and we see why, because they are taking this momentum. This is what Bob Bugner offered on that.
3: Yeah, we, we talked about how important it was. And, uh, um, you know, we had, uh, I said that to to the, you know, to the team the other day, I think I told you guys, we had a, uh, you know, a quarter, a quarter way through the season kind of uh, team meeting and discuss where we're at and uh, um, and where we needed to be, you know, going into uh, the Christmas break, if, uh, if we're going to give ourselves a chance to make a run in
2: And I love that he's talking about giving themselves a chance. You know, that's different than what people were talking about in the offseason. That's different than what people were talking about looking at the near-term future of the San Jose Sharks versus what they had been the last couple of years. I mean, this is a team that is clearly, after the quarter mark of the season as we head towards Christmas, looking at the capabilities of finding themselves in a playoff spot when this season is done. Obviously, we know all you have to do is get into the playoffs and anything can happen, but for the San Jose Sharks right now, they are starting to think about that as being a little bit more of a reality. I'm not going to go matrix on you and tell you they're starting to believe or something like that. That's not, I don't want to get that, you know, kind of weird about it. But I think there is just more of the belief that it's not that they think they're going to win a Stanley Cup. It's not that they think they're going to knock bullets down out of the air. It's the fact that they think that they are going to be just a little bit better than they were before. And I do think this is a building block mentality is that you lay a foundation and that is the Sharks' system, and you make things a little bit better. You take it one step at a time, and that's what the Sharks are doing right now.
3: Yeah, well, I think, uh, um, you know, a little bit of that's personnel, and, and and a lot of it's, you know, our system that we've created. I think that uh, um, you try to look at your personnel in the offseason. You look at uh, what other teams are having success with, and you try and model a system after that and uh, what, what matches your personnel, and that's exactly what we did. We did projects all summer as a staff. Um, coaches um and, and we did uh you know a lot of zoom calls and a lot of watching um a lot of different hockey and uh coming up with what we uh we thought would work and um you know the players have bought in i think they're having success with it and i think that's uh um you know the main thing is that they're that everybody's doing it and everybody's buying in and uh um and and seeing we're having success so
1: it's an
2: easier so eric carlson on the commitment to defense and the team having that success
1: yeah i think uh you know, this time of the year, it's a lot of grinding. Uh, you know, we've been traveling a lot. Guys are not, you know, feeling the freshest probably at all times. So, you know, we got to do other things. And I think that everybody's uh, helping each other out. And, you know, we're battling for each other and, and we're doing what, uh, you know, we feel we have to do to give ourselves a chance to win at the end of the games. And and today was a perfect example of that. I think we just stuck with it and weren't getting frustrated. And, and uh, you know, we just kept, uh, you know, putting the puck in and, and creating and getting what we got. And then... Uh, you know, we weren't, we weren't concerned how long it was going to take. We knew that, uh, you know, uh, by then the the third, you know, we're, we're going to have a chance to win the game and, and, uh, you know, get it done in overtime.
2: And that's part of the team's identity right now, giving themselves a chance, creating that opportunity and being a team that will grind out these games. Here's Bob Bugner on that.
3: Yeah, I think, it, you know, I have this talk with our players all the time and the teams thing, you know, um our identity, we use the word identity all the time, but we used to, uh, the word grind. We got to grind teams down and grinds out. And uh, we don't have, uh, um, you know, we don't have uh, McDavid and dry cycles of the world and his team that can, you know, win games single handedly. We have to do it as a team and um, and we have to do it a certain way. And I think, you know, managing the puck and and managing leads and uh being in tight games we're we're a lot more comfortable in those games I think than we have been in the past couple years and uh um I like our our road mentality I like our uh you know our perseverance I think that we uh you know we're finding ways to win which is a a good sign for um you know for the hockey team.
2: And Buechner also talked about the fact that they don't have a McDavid or a dry saddle to go out there and single-handedly win games, but they do have that nice identity of being able to mix and match some incredible skill out there with guys like Eric Carlson and Logan Couture and, and, you know, Tomas Hurdle versus that ability to grind it out.
3: Yeah, we've, uh, you know, our, our, listen, our, our guys that are, uh, um, you know, our big guys, uh, that are, that are putting the points up are obviously guys that we have to rely on every night. And, uh, um, you know, and I think we put a lot of work into our power play and, and you know, it's going to be ups and downs throughout the season, but it's really, I'm not even sure if we get credit for a power play goal. tonight. I think it was 0.1 seconds on the clock. So I uh, haven't even looked at the score sheet yet, but uh, um, you know, our power play is stepping up at different times for us, which is nice.
2: And it's like I mentioned earlier, if that power play can get going, then that is definitely going to yield success for the Sharks at a greater level than what they've been able to have. And you could maybe have some of these tight wins turn into maybe a little bit more of a comfortable win, but hey, I'm not going to complain too much right now. I'm going to take these wins however they come for the Sharks right now. Here's Benino talking about his grinded-out mentality and what he's seeing on the team.
1: Yeah, I think so. That's, that's my game too, just as simple as it can be, I think, in um, close games with good teams. Uh you know, they're obviously struggling a little, but they're a good team has been deep in playoffs the last couple of years. So you come in here knowing it's going to be tough. They score the first shot, and then, you know, Hiller had an amazing game after that. Uh, we were able to get a toe tee, and, uh, weather their storm a bit, and then, yeah, just grind it out. And Aiden Hill weighed in on this as well. Yeah, I know it's been awesome. I mean, tonight I don't know how many shots that came from the blue line actually got to our net. So our guy it shows what a good job our guys have done with blocking shots, fronting, and uh, it's commitment. Everyone in that locker room's is uh, committed to playing a defensive game, and we like to win these tight games. It's our identity.
2: And the fact that the guys are open about it now and actively saying what their identity is, because I think that earlier on it was hard to properly identify the Sharks other than a team that wanted to play a simple game and wanted to be defense first, but now it's actually playing out that way. And I know they haven't done it against quote-unquote world beaters, but it's three wins on the road where they have played their brand of hockey And it is coming up with wins. They are being more conservative with the puck in terms of not trying to make the home run pass or at least limiting their opportunities where they're making those attempts. They are playing solid defense. They're blocking shots. They're committed to that quote-unquote grind. They're making life difficult for the opposition. And again, win, win, win. Now, yes, you look back to the previous homestand. They're going up against a team like Washington. They're going up against a team you know, like Toronto, that's going to make life more difficult. I am not saying the Sharks are there yet because those are the two of the best teams in the league. They impose their will and they make it so that you can't, you know, have your same identity. That's what talent does, right? But the Sharks, against other teams in the league, they are showing that their identity, their system, their foundation, whatever you want to call it up to this point, is going to get them wins. And they're telling the rest of the league it's going to be difficult to play against us. You know, except for Washington and Toronto, which, by the way, I didn't feel were terrible games either. They just weren't as good as the opposition. But I think now there is getting to be more of a reputation about the Sharks, which makes them a little bit more of a challenge for the opposition. There's more to worry about. That's one of the things that I said earlier in the year. You can't just have the production come from Hurdle and Meyer and Burns. It's got to be across the board, and the Sharks are giving teams things to worry about. How are you going to score on Reimer? How are you going to score on Hill? How are you going to get pucks to the net? How are you going to stop Eric Carlson? How are you going to stop Timo Meyer? What are we going to do about, you know, you go down the list. You talk about all these guys that are contributing in different ways for the Sharks right now. That is a good problem to give the opposition to tell them. There are multiple things to worry about. There are multiple things this team is doing that can slow you down and is going to keep you from having success. All right, that wraps it up for this edition of Morning Tide. We will be back with you tomorrow morning because the Sharks are at it again against the Rangers tonight. Four o'clock right here on the Sharks Audio Network. Pre-game coverage starts at 3:30 this afternoon. So stay tuned to the Sharks Audio Network for Everything. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter. We're on Twitter now at Sharks Audio Net. Programming updates, links, everything you need to stay up to date on the latest on the San Jose Sharks. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Raimi signing off
0: goes into the left corner now as we've got 8 seconds left on the San Jose power play guns around, on the right point moving to his left, it's Dolan to Meyer back for Dolan, on the right, shoots it for the goal score! what a play! Meyer and Dolan tic-tac-toe, and it's tied up 1-1 you've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide brought to you by Coors Light
3: on the Sharks Audio Network